Pat is right. Like you can look at him, look at other point guards in the NBA. It's not adding up. The beer belly point guard does not age well in the NBA. It, it, he looks like Darren Williams after all the injuries. He looks like James Harden in the fat suit. He does not look. And we are back. Back again. It's another episode of the Hoop Plug. Yes, sir. And as always, rocking with you. It's your main man for us in the building. And I got with me my brother, my partner in crime, Stir Fry Ty. Yes, sir. And on this week's episode, we're getting you ready for game three. We got Pat Riley calling his $33 million a year point guard Chubby, the Lakers' new head coach, and why Draymond just might cost the Warriors a championship again. For us, how you feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling good, my brother. You know what I'm saying? I'm alive. I'm well. I'm kicking. That's all I could ask for. You know what I mean? Hey, and with that said, let's get into it. We got to start it off here because I can't be the only one that thinks this. Draymond's at it again, man. He has to stop with these podcasts during the NBA Finals. The man is literally talking about adjustments minutes after the final buzzer. I mean, for all to see, too. Like, it's not like these games are back-to-back either. The Celtics are having 48 hours to look at the film. I guarantee you the Celtics have a scout listening to every second of Draymond's podcast. Just taking notes. Ty. I'm kind of shocked. You know what I'm saying? Because there's two levels to it. First off, Draymond Green, man, we know when it comes to his basketball IQ. Listen, Draymond might not affect or impact the box score as much as other players. But at the same time, we know his impact is felt. We know the reason why he's able to have that kind of impact is because his above ordinary basketball IQ. I feel it's a little disrespectful. You know what I mean? You're coming out. After the game, not even waiting till the finals are done, right? And again, can't blame Draymond. His podcast has been going on and he has been doing this throughout the playoffs. You know what I mean? So it's not like this is something new. But at the same time, it's the finals, man. You know what I'm saying? You got to keep all those things, that knowledge, them adjustments, all of that stuff on lock, a secret, you know? But how do you think this rubs one Jason Tatum, one Jalen Brown, one Marcus Smart? The band of Boston Celtics win, whether it's a win or a loss, you got Draymond out here coming, talking like he's the coach, like he's the man, like he's basically breaking us down. You know what I'm saying? Like it had to have lit a fire underneath this uh, Boston Celtics team. Faux show, you know, I guess we're going to see in game three. And and my issue is like we're looking at this when people get on Draymond, it's very rarely about what happens on the court. Right. Well, let me not say that. It's about the extracurriculars that happen on the court. So. We look at the finals against the Cavaliers when he gets himself, he gets himself suspended from game six and cost his team a championship. Depending on how you look at it, maybe the Cavs would have won regardless, but it definitely didn't help missing one of your key cogs in a game six. Now we fast forward to today. Again, it's the extracurriculars that could potentially cost your team. I know Draymond's trying his hardest to not say anything that's game plan-ish, but you are literally putting the opponent inside your head. That's why podcasts are so vulnerable. Like You are listening to someone for an extended time spew thoughts, and Draymond doesn't have a co-host. He has someone asking questions, but that's not really a co-host. Like, I, I, It's got to be an advantage. I'm telling you, the Celtics have like 
three body language experts, two ex-cops, an ex-investigator, just all watching these podcasts, seeing what he twitches when he talks about Grant Williams. You know what I'm saying? Like it's <laughs> it's it's deeper. And I, I think there's no way that this can help. Yeah. And um, as a content creators ourselves, I'm not opposed to the idea, but I think the timing is what me and you are really against here. You know what I mean? It's just you're giving your opponent an, a one up more or less. You know what I'm saying? You're giving your opponent ideas, thoughts of how you might go out and, and, and perf- not how you might, how you will go out and perform or how you would if you were in those situations. You know what I mean? So um, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh Again, Draymond has had this podcast out for a long time. He's a fan favorite. You know what I mean? Nine times out of ten, the things that he's saying in his podcast, the things that he's saying off the court, for the most part, he knows what he's talking about. You know what I mean? Whether Yeah, and you talked about how he's been doing it. Like That's the other side of the coin, right? He's been doing this throughout the playoffs, not just the NBA Finals. And, and, and where are they? Right? <laughs> They're in game three, three wins away from another championship. So I, I guess you can't get too mad at him. Yeah, 100%, bro. And again, you would think uh, after game one, he might be hesitant to do it. Nah, Draymond in pure Draymond fashion went out and did what he does, you know? And it didn't matter because they blew out the Celtics, you know what I mean? And they were able to, you know, close that margin a little bit in the fourth quarter. Um, But at the same time, man, the, the Warriors really ran away with the game after the end of that third. Yeah, man, let's get more into it, right? That's why we're here. We're getting y'all ready for game three Wednesday night. So at this point, we've seen each team have their night. It was Boston in game one, hitting everything in sight. It was the Warriors in game two, hitting them with the monster third quarter and a vintage run, 11-0. But now things shift a little because we're headed to Boston, right? And I'm thinking we know or we spoke previously about the inexperience of the Boston Celtics before game one of the finals. No Celtic had played a game in the finals. Well, now... Before game three, no Boston Celtic has played a finals game in front of their home crowd. And my boy, this is a totally different beast. I actually think that playing on the road in the finals is easier than playing at home. Because at home, you're, you're slaying in your own bed. You're leaving your own crib. You're going to the arena you've been to many times in front of fans you've seen many times. Yet it's all totally different. The energy, the excitement, it's going to ramp you up. Because you haven't seen this city act like they're about to act. And I think that has an effect. I think this is the game. This is the start, especially in the first quarter, where you see the inexperience of the Boston Celtics show. You said it. Um, I think that's a beautiful point because I never really looked at it that way, right? So obviously, you know, home crowd, home arena, all of these things, comfortable setting, familiar settings. You would assume, you know, you play the best where you're the most comfortable, right? But Ty, you brought a very brilliant point to it. You know what I mean? It's almost too much not deviating from the norm that I think is kind of where a little bit of the pressure comes. Like you mentioned, you wake up in your regular bed next to your family. You know, you have breakfast in your crib. You might go for some shots. You might have a training session at that day. You know what I mean? Regardless, you get to the arena. Everything's the same, but at the same damn time, it's not. You know what I mean? Whereas now you're on the road from the time you stepped on the plane you're in playoff mode. When you're on the road, it's when you get into the plane, you're huddled up with the team the entire time. Not only are you building camaraderie, but you're talking about certain things and the stuff that you're going to do. It's a locked in mentality. You know what I mean? You're at the hotel nine times out of 10. There's no distractions unless James Harden is on your team, you know, 
And you go into this opposing building, you're like, let's go make some home fans sad. Let's go yeah. out and upset this team, you know? It's an us against them mentality. And it's just the beautiful, most perfectly made distraction when you have a whole built building united against you. And it's just the five guys to your right, the five guys to your left, and the coaching staff behind you that is trying to make you go. 100%. So and, even, and, go ahead. And real quick, and then the flip side of that coin right is now you go out, you go home you have that same energy except now the fans are cheering for you the first thing you're thinking is we can't let them down we can't lose at home you know yeah i'm apologizing in advance another knicks reference coming but i think that's what really hurt the new york knicks when they got the playoffs remember last year it was like fans just entered like a week before the regular season ends now you have Madison Square Garden rocking again. Julius Randle has not been the same. It is a different atmosphere when you have a bunch of people that expect something of you versus a bunch of people that want to see you lose. Yeah, 100%, bro, 100%. And now the pressure is now tenfold, right? You go from being in, a, in your comfort zone in a familiar territory. You're outside of your comfort zone in familiar territory. Think about that. You know what I mean? That's scary. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so was, um go ahead. No, you I was all I was gonna say is not so you hit that's a beautiful point. You hit the you hit it on the head, man. I, I really like that. Yeah. So uh let's take it here. After watching the first two games of this series, I was vastly like more impressed than I ever thought I would be by the Boston Celtics. Yes, they did just split, but those are games on the road where Golden State has made a name for themselves, and and Boston has looked like the better team. Yes, Golden State kind of smacked them up in the second game, but the first half of game two, Golden State is throwing everything they got at Boston, and they're weathering the storm. And I came away from that game just more impressed with Boston and fully convinced that they deserve to be there. Not only because they won the East, but because, in my eyes, they are the best team in the NBA this year they are long they're versatile they defend with the tenacity only seen in the 90s they for the most part share the ball and they got a couple bucket scorers that are really good in jason tatum and jalen brown but they still go through stretches where they turn the ball over crazy often and make a lot of mistakes and that's why at the beginning of the series i chose golden state yeah, um, Ty, to be honest, man, you're, you're hitting the gems all night, you know. Um, to be quite frank, right, this Boston team started off the season slow. New head coach, poor record, you know. It's really, basically, if you've been watching the second half of this season and this, this playoffs, you're not surprised at that comment. And don't get me wrong, I'm not going to quite go out there and say I think the Boston Celtics are the best team in the league. Um, But at the same time, I think they're one of the best teams. And if you look at them from top to bottom with the talent that they have, I don't want to say they're the the going to be the most winningest team. I don't. I'm still not going to give them the championship. But if you look at what they do and how they rely on each other, it's not really one guy carrying any loads like you see for the Magic or even at times with the Warriors. uh, You know, given that Clay is still you know trying to catch himself. And again, Clay's been back for some time. I'm not of the thought that this is the clay that we're going to see going forward forever, but he still hasn't shown us what we need to see from him. 
Um, I say all that to say this, man. This Celtics team has surprised everyone. They came out through the second half of the season after the All-Star break. Rookie coach, besides Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who are young stars in themselves, and Marcus Smart, who is the Defensive Player of the Year. That is a championship-caliber team, but this team's only problem is probably one of its biggest strengths. It's it's youth, it's age, right? The fact that it's young, this is a young team that can stick together with most of its core parts for a very long time. Um, with that comes inexperience, you know what I mean? And when that comes like moments where you're not necessarily losing the game, but you're beating yourself, you understand what I mean? And there's at times where we saw them do that in the last couple rounds. Um, say all that to say this, this Warriors team is a different beast altogether. You know, they're the dynasty. It's a David versus Goliath story. You know, I don't expect this Boston Celtics to pull it out for them. I don't think that this is their year. But we got to understand, this is basically year one of this experiment. You know, getting to the finals at this point, like, my, hat's is, my hat is off to them. I would have never expected after watching the first 20 games that we'd be talking about a Celtics-Warriors final. Straight up. I hear you. I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that. Last thing you know? of the series, though, um. Still waiting on big game clay. I don't know. We know about the game six. Um, I do see this getting there. But do you see a big night from Clay before then? Uh it's gotta happen. He's um the the threat is very real. Um we just went into detail about how this Celtics team at the end of the day probably will beat themselves. But at the same time, and if you ain't if you ain't up to par, they might have they might still have a crazy amount of turnovers but they can still beat you that's how good and talented they are in this year one experiment and again i, I want to emphasize right they've had jason tatum jalen brown for a few years now marcus smart for the long haul but the rest of these guys including the coach and the plan that he's implemented right because you could have these guys you have the culture but it's really when the coach comes that i think you have a new era you understand what i'm trying to say so with all that being said um this Celtics team is a very real threat. Clay, dude, they need you, bro. 11 points is not going to cut it. 15 points is not going to cut it. I need 22 from you, Splash Bro, too. Man, I'm about to have to get a Jordan Poole jersey if you don't start fixing things. <laughs> you know? All right. So we got we to gotta take it here. We've been tough on a, a guy down in South Beach this year, and I think rightfully so. Uh, he did fleece you guys, his franchise. <laughs> but... Um, Apparently, we haven't been as tough as Pat Riley. Okay, so Pat Riley had this to say on one Kyle Lowry. He definitely is going to have to address that, and it will be addressed. I definitely think he can be in better shape. We'll address it and try to help him. So, leadership starts from the top down, and Pat Riley is a no-nonsense employer. If you're going to play for him, even if he's up in the skybox, you're going to have to be in shape, play hard, come ready every night. And uh, he accused one Kyle Lowry of not meeting all that criteria. So do you think Pat was in the right for his comments on one Kyle Lowry? Yes. <laughs> Bro, how are you paying this man so much money, former All-Star, former NBA champion, supposed to be the dog, supposed to be the main cog on defense and offense for your squad, supposed to be the two in the one-two punch with Jimmy Butler, and he's scoring zero points and three assists in a playoff game in the Eastern Conference Finals? Man, although I think Pat Riley is OD, 
especially with that body fat requirement. He's talking about the man like he's like, I don't even want to get into it. I don't like how he's talking about the man. But with that being said, damn, Kyle. Like, I, I, the way I look at life is I'll never give somebody an excuse to shit on me like that. But, bro, <laughs> what can you really tell the guy? You went out. It's not, not one. Not just like I'm going to do like LeBron. Not one. Not two. Not three. This man, Kyle Lowry, had multiple games with that goose egg. It wasn't just one. And that's the part that I can't, I can't understand. Kyle, bro, I get it. You're paid. You're a professional. You've accomplished most more than what most NBA players ever accomplish. You're in the 1%. I get it. But come on, dog. You have a chance to compete for another NBA championship. You have a chance to contend for a historic franchise in the Miami Heat. Like, you have a chance to be that 2-3 guy on a championship contender. That's what they brought you in for. And you're going out and scoring zero points? Nah, bro. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everybody's been hard on him, but I'm not going to sit here and say he doesn't deserve some of it. You know? Yeah, I think too, like the issue is clear, right? Pat is right. Like you can look at him, look at other point guards in the NBA. It's not adding up. The beer belly point guard does not age well in the NBA. It, it, he looks like Darren Williams after all the injuries. He looks like James Harden in the no. fat suit. He does not look like an NBA point guard right now. And that's not a recipe for success for a 33-year-old 6-1, like, it's just, it's, that's never going to work. You can't come in looking like Zion and expect to have a good impact if you're not 6-7 at least. 100%, bro. 100%. Um, I really don't know what to say. I mean, you have one Chris Paul, who I believe is about the same age, maybe a couple, a year or two older, uh, drafted the year before Kyle Lowry. And my man is is going to exit the NBA when the time comes with grace, you know? Yeah. And uh, you said you didn't like how Pat was talking about Kyle. Well, maybe you'll like this a little better. But we got the Lakers' new head coach, Darwin Ham, talking about Russell Westbrook. So as you guys have heard, the Lakers plan to keep one Russell Westbrook for another year, run it back, give it another shot with a new head coach. So the report originally came out that LA refused to give up additional assets in any trade for Russell Westbrook. And I just want to say props to Jeannie Buss. Props for her for doing the right thing, which is the harder thing. And that's keeping Russell Westbrook. You know it didn't work. You know it probably won't work again. But the quickest way to make a situation quickest way to make a bad situation worse is trying to fix it quickly. Right? That that gives life to the quote out the frying pan into the fire. That one Jay-Z spoke because, you know, it's, it's hot in that frying pan, but at least you got that layer to protect you. You, you. you rush trying to get out of that hot situation and boom, now you're really into the fire. And I think if they tried to dump Russell Westbrook just because they didn't want him on the team, they're setting themselves back. They'd have to attach picks. They've already traded a bunch of picks to get AD there. They're setting themselves up to be bad for a long time. Yeah, 100%, man. And, and you said it, right? You try to get rid of Russell quickly, especially... He's devalued right now. But at the end of the day, only real fans of the NBA <laughs> know what Russell Westbrook's really worth. A guy who can average a triple-double just two seasons ago, three seasons ago, right, for more than one year, for a few years in a row, he's going to give you something. I think the Lakers made the right move here. I think Jeannie Buss made the right move here. Uh, at the end of the day, man, you don't, right now, Russell Westbrook is devalued. 
Uh, you'd have to be an absolute liar to say that he had a good season, that the Lakers had a good season, that I was anywhere near expectations. And regardless of the personnel that you have in Los Angeles, it's always championship or bust. There's never any in between. Those are the expectations that have been set from Dr. Buss 40, 50 years ago at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we had the uh, awkward situation with the reporter asking Darwin about the rust fit with Russ physically in the room. Um, and he handled that with grace, right? Like he was complimentary. He called Russell Westbrook a superstar and talked about how they needed to use his strengths and not focus on the weaknesses. But you can never tell how good one of these coaching fits is going to be with just an introductory press conference, right? Like we've seen many press conferences for coaches and players that impressed early but didn't live up down the line. So we're taking it down to Chicago to Chi-Town for this next one. The Zach Levine Dilemma. As most of you may or may not know, Mr. Levine is eligible for the five-year, $212 million max deal from Chicago. Supermax. Supermax. Only Chicago <laughs> can offer this Supermax. Report by Brian Winslow is saying he doesn't think Levine wants to leave. And my response to said report is, of course not. Why would he? Why would he want to walk away from $212 million? It's not like he's in Utah. It's not like he's in Tennessee. Okay, he's in Chicago. It makes sense. He's got DeMar there. He's got a coach that looks like he knows what he's doing. Um, so, so why would he want to leave? Man, I feel like I should create like a little ad lib that every time we talk about Chicago, it's like, <laughs> like me blown into the mic, basically saying the Windy City, you know? <laughs> But nah, with that being said, though, bro, isn't it beautiful? Chicago's really starting to look a lot like Los Angeles. You know what I mean? It's really, you forget about the weather. You forget about everything else. You're like, man, this is really just a great place to be. There's money flowing. W's are being had. There's stars all over the place. You know, we got three all-stars on the squad. Lonzo, who's a potential all-star. I mean, we got, we got, we got stars, bro. Chicago get looking- Lonzo to play a couple games first, and I, I don't know Man. what you're talking about with that LA mess because it might look like <laughs> that in June, but definitely not in October when that season starts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, I'm talking metaphorically here. We don't got to be talking about the weather, man. When I try, when you want your Knicks to shine, I let them shine, brother. Let me let me have this moment. You All know right, what I'm saying? Right, Love, love, love. Now, but with that being said, though, why would he leave, man? Zach Levine is the longest tenured bull on the roster currently. He's been there for the worst of times. He's now here for the best of times. And this is very much what he deserves. I'm sure nobody was thinking about Zach Levine qualifying for no five-year, $212 million Supermax contract when he first got to Chicago and we were winning 20 games a year. You know what I mean? Slowly but surely, they added to the roster through the draft, you know, didn't draft the best, made some trades, signed some free agents, and look at where we are now. We got a, a serious coach in Billy Donovan. You know, we got a roster that looks pretty good. I do think we need to round out really just our front court for us to be solid, you know. Um, but with that being said, man, I think this Bulls team is the place for Zach Levine. You got 212 mil coming in. You got an opportunity to compete for a championship for at least the next three to five years. Well, you I act- wouldn't be so sure about that. Not about the championship thing. You guys are in a good place. But the 212 million because why we just detailed while we just detailed why zach levine would be stupid to want to go somewhere else 
the Bulls still have the power in this situation, right? It's up to them whether they offer it or not. And the latest reports say that some in the Bulls organization want to give Dak the max, while others don't feel he has the dog mentality it takes to win big. So we got to go to the resident Bulls expert for us for this one. If you're the Bulls, are you pulling that trigger, sending 212 Express to the address of one Zach Levine? I wear many hats, my brother. I wear many hats. I wear the hat of a fan. You know what I'm saying? I wear the hat of, of coaching staff. I can also a wear the hat. A true NBA fan. A true, a real fan <laughs> of the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Basically, would I give Zach Levine a Supermax contract? I love Zach Levine. I'm a Bulls fan. But again, like I said, I wear many hats. And as an executive, I personally, <laughs> I'm not going to be quick to pull the trigger on that one. I think eventually I do. I think given the way that the NBA is going, I think in three to five years, this contract is going to be, you know, it's not going to be average, but it's not going to look so crazy like it does now. You know what I mean? It's not like John Wall. We're paying John Wall this kind of money. You know, shouts out to John Wall, but they kind of paid him that towards the back end of his prime, which is the reason why I think everything went down the way that it is. Well, let me just tell you, on the back end, in the last couple of years, it's going to be like 45 a year for Zach. That's a lot. That's that's a lot. Hefty, hefty. You know. And again, I love Zach, but Zach is not a top 10 player in the league. You know what I mean? As much as I love him, he isn't. You know what I'm saying? Um, not to say that he doesn't have that dog mentality. I think DeMar DeRozan has been there. I think DeMar DeRozan has been forced to be a killer, like from day one, has been forced to be a dog and have that mentality just in the way that he grew up. You know what I'm saying? To be able to get to where he's at today. But uh, with that being said, though, I'm on the fence, bro. Like, my, the Bulls fan in me is like, hell yeah. The executive in me, the Bulls executive in me, right? It's <laughs> like, I'd pay him 180. <laughs> yeah, and just imagine if you're putting yourself in the owner's shoes and now you got to pay for that out your own pocket. Now it's like, hello, huh? 45 a year. <laughs> That's, am I making that much? Like, <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, man, it's tough. The good thing is, right, even if they don't go up to that max, they can give him something in the ballpark that's still more than other teams can offer him. Um, yeah. I guess you just got to toe the line of not pissing him off with a low ball offer that forces him to go somewhere out of spite. Yeah. All right. Next up, right? They said Stern is turning over in his grave watching this. We got the young stars of the NBA acting a fool and putting it on social media for everyone to see. Jaws on Instagram getting drunk every day. We got Miles Bridges posting the wildest rap lyrics of all time and posting his dirty cup double of lean. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bitch, he just walked back and said, Pink Lemonade, hey, Miles, we don't believe you. Okay? <laughs> like, no one believes that's Pink Lemonade, bro. He had a joint in the other hand, too. <laughs> My boy's getting turns in the off season. Active. Very, very active. May I say, activist. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, bro. But I mean, I mean, you you're 100 percent right, man. Um, I think what we fail to realize is that these guys are four or five years younger than you and I, and we're young. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> in, in the grand scheme of all of these things, right? Yeah. So, how would we act with 20 million dollars? Not maybe more with millions of dollars. 21, 20 years old. You know what I'm saying? Nothing to do for three months. You know, I might start a rap album and, and, and post it on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? I might have a rap album and post it on the gram, you know? Um, 
do I think it justifies the lack of quality in Miles's album? And just what, dude, lean joints, getting drunk as hell. Like, come on, dog. Like, I'm gonna simplify what I was gonna say by basically saying you wouldn't catch Magic Johnson doing that. You wouldn't catch MJ doing that. You know what I'm saying? So that's all I'm gonna say to these young cats. You feel me? Yeah. Um, wouldn't catch LeBron Bridges, doing that. Miles <laughs> Bridges, we're not hating on you too. I think the music is fire. If y'all want to see it, uh, we posted a snippet of his latest track on our TikTok on our YouTube, so check that out. But yeah, I think the music's fire. It's more about the lean. Yeah, you, you can't yeah. be doing that. Lean is a hell of a drug, bro. So uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely chill on that, Mr. Miles. Um, and the audacity, though. He, he's doing this, all of this, all this activity, activist. <laughs> Weeks before free agency where he's eligible for a contract extension. Yo, it takes unparalleled levels of confidence to do what Miles Bridges is doing. Seriously. And again, you know, him being in the run for most improved player of the league and dunking on anybody and everybody who he wants to dunk on might give you some confidence. But at the same time, dude, you're going to lose some M's, whether you like it or not. I'm yeah, not, I, I don't, I'm not, win. yeah, for sure. I'm not wishing it on him, but like, if I was a team, I would hold it against him. <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say? So, you know, I was planning on giving you 20 mil a season, but after what I saw, I don't know if I can really trust you. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, that's just political jargon for just saying I'm a cheap, you know what I'm saying? Son, yeah, son of a gun. You'd be surprised bro. what these teams will say in the negotiations, anything to save their bottom line, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, Miles, you're young, there's only one life to live. Ja is only one life to live. You had a hell of a season. I honestly think Ja definitely gets the pass a little bit more than Miles, just because, dude. Lean, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. I I'm with you. I'm with you on that. All right. So um, I got to ask you something. I saw it on TikTok and I thought maybe for some great content. Why not ask it on the podcast? You know, so uh, I'm asking you for us. What is your guilty pleasure song? Maybe that tune you got on the phone. You forget about, you know, you got your boys in the whip. You're running it shuffle. And uh, it's the quick skip. This is the reach for your phone in 0.5 seconds and, and skip to the next song. But, you know, if you're by yourself, you're bumping that thing on max volume, right? Do, do you have anything that fits in this category? You don't. I ain't gonna lie to you, brother. You know what I'm saying? Usually as men in this world, we ain't really allowed to like, like R&B music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so for me, my guilty pleasures happen to be when I'm in the car, I'm riding. You know what I'm saying? Thinking about my shawty, my shawties. Hopefully my other shotties don't hear that. You know what I'm saying? And I be thinking about an R&B song, man. I be thinking about a love song. You know what I'm saying? Whether, whether it's my girl Summer Walker. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But I think I think if there's one, there's one song that takes the cake. You know what I'm saying? That when I think of guilty pleasure, when I think screaming at the top of my lungs, singing in the shower, it's got to be this one. By my girl. Oh, oh, I, I don't know that. why I even showed you. <laughs> Keisha Cole, bro. Love. Oh, yeah. She got you know what I'm bops. saying? She got some bops. She got Shouldn't some bops. Shouldn't even feel too bad bro. about that. Shouldn't even feel nah, too bad. Not at all, bro. Like, honestly, if anybody was just listening to what I just did using her song to the intro of what I just introed, you'd say I'm an absolute <laughs> genius. Like, you cannot make that stuff up, you know? So, I appreciate you asking that, that uh, question, bro. Now, with that being said, I got to ask you the same thing, brother. If there's one song for you, has to be a guilty pleasure song. You know what I'm saying? Quick skip, like you mentioned. Which one is gotta oh, this be? This is for sure a quick skip because it's it's probably gonna be uh, Harry Styles. You know, it's it's 
It's gotta be. It's gotta be that watermelon sugar. I don't know why. I, I hate that I do like it, but I, I do love that song for some reason. All right. Uh, I, I don't know any other of his songs, but that one, Certified Bob. <laughs> and I, you know, I respect the realness, bro. You gotta respect the realness. You know what I'm saying? So, without further ado, you know what I'm saying. You guys ain't gonna get nothing but realness on this podcast. You know, we broke down the Celtics. We broke down why Kyle Lowry's body fat percentage is more than his field goal percentage. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And we broke down who we think or how we think the rest of this NBA Finals series is going to go. Um, and we even threw in some guilty pleasures for you. Ty, before we wrap this episode up, you got any comments for the fans? Anything you want to say to the Hoop Plug family? No, just that I appreciate the support as always. Y'all checking the TikTok out. You're checking out the YouTube. You know why I'm thanking y'all because y'all have been showing out and showing off. The views are going up like crazy and we appreciate it. Seriously, man. Y'all y'all are about to get us on our ways to being paid subscribers. You know what I'm saying? Or paid content creators. You know what I'm saying? Keep viewing. Keep subscribing. You know what I'm saying? Keep checking us out. Keep sharing. And most important of all, Keep putting some flavor in your ear. Peace.